Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. We're here talking turkey at Iowa State University. I have Dr. Dawn Coltis, who is an assistant professor here at Iowa State University. She is an expert in all things turkey, broilers as well. But uh, we're really lucky to have her on our faculty and teaching our students and leading our programs on the, the poultry side. But Dawn, let's, you know, like we talked during the break, people don't understand or probably aren't really involved in turkey production like we are with beef and different things to that nature, dairy. So let's just start from the egg and go to the table. Absolutely. So um, unlike a lot of the, the species you mentioned, there is a gestation period where a sow or a cow is actually allowing that individual to grow. With a turkey, that's quite a bit different. We actually have fertilization of the egg that's gonna occur inside the hen, but once she lays that eggs, um, and the commercial side, it's all up to us after that. So we are the ones that are the caregivers. We are the ones that are collecting those eggs. We're putting them into um, an incubator. And so with a turkey, those eggs will incubate for 28 days. So when we talk about broilers, it's 21 days. So we add an additional seven days on. And so they will go into an incubator and then a hatching cabinet where once they are hatched, then we will process those chicks. So um, usually what that's going to mean is that we're going to look at vaccinations, um, any de-beaking or de-spurring that will go along. Sexing uh, a turkey, I don't know if you're familiar with it. You don't necessarily uh, sex poultry like you would a cow or a pig, right? Where you would look at the underside to look for external genitalia. Turkeys don't have that. Right. Uh, hens don't have that either. So we actually have to uh, vent sex. So the vent is the opening or that exterior opening. And uh, we have specialized groups of people that will actually come in and vent uh, sex. <laughs> they get paid a lot of money and they don't tell you how they do it. It's, it's <laughs> fine quite a system. Some things I don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have to say, they, they get paid pretty good for, for that knowledge. And <laughs> awesome. it's amazing to see how many chicks um, they can go through. So after hatch, um, chicks will get or poults will get sent. And so I'll use chicks and poults interchangeably a little bit, but that just means an immature um, individual. So that smaller individual, one that needs a little bit more care. So these poults will then arrive on farm where they are placed in brooding houses. And these brooding houses are generally much smaller than our grower finisher houses. And the reason for that, well, our, ch our poults don't hold body temperature as well. So they need a little bit of help, sort of like that piglet, right? Yep. We put warming lamps on a piglet to yep. help it maintain body. Kind of like the nursery and grower before we take them to the finisher. Right. Um, pigs don't have brown adipose tissue, which I find absolutely fascinating in a whole nother topic. <laughs> but uh, with poults, we have to provide that heat. And so we're trying to keep them at 95 degrees Fahrenheit. So they, they do well between 90 and 95. So we're trying to keep them really nice and warm. And keeping that space smaller helps with that. So we'll start them out in a smaller area until they get fairly well established at about five to six weeks of age. And at that point, they're about the size of your chicken. So they're about uh, five, five to six pounds. At five to six weeks of age, they're about the size of a finished broiler. Yes. <laughs> it's just amazing. So they start out at about 130 grams. Uh, at hatch and they'll make it to that size. So then after the after they spend the five or six weeks in the brooder, they're going to the grow out? Right, and so in this, in this area, they'll get a lot more space to kind of interact and move around. Um, and they'll usually have, we'll drop that temperature down. So we're starting at 75 or so down to about 56. So they have a, a lot more comfortable range. How many birds are there in a barn uh, usually? Um, around 20,000 or so. That's amazing. Okay, yeah. 
So, so then how long will they be in that uh, grow out facility? So they will be in that facility uh, probably another 10 to 12 weeks. Awesome. And the toms finish at 42, 44 pounds? Yes, they do. They finish between 40 and 45 pounds. That's a big bird. And, and when you start to think about this happening in 19 weeks, um, it's just absolutely amazing. Let's, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up here talking turkey with Dr. Don Coltis here at Iowa State University. Thanks for joining us. ValleyVet.com is your one-stop shop for your every animal need. From prescription meds, vaccines, equipment, and more for the ranch to the show ring, shop ValleyVet.com for fast shipping and great prices. Valley Vet Supply. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Don Coltis. We're at Iowa State University with the world's two most famous turkeys, corn and cob where corn was pardoned by President Trump here the day before Thanksgiving and now resides at Iowa State University um, for his natural, for both of their natural lives. And so if you wanna come visit, we have a beautiful exhibit here in Ames, Iowa, out on State Avenue, and this will be open to the public. Go to our website for the Department of Animal Science and you'll be able to see the schedule of when this facility will be open. You won't only learn about turkeys, these two turkeys, and be able to see them, take your picture with them, but you'll be able to learn about the turkey industry on so many things that we have around the room here uh, for you and your family. So, talk to us about some of the questions you get when people come visit. Well, first of all, they usually go, <laughs> which one's corn and which one's cob? Yes, I know, gentlemen, it's hard, right? You don't like to be not distinguishable, <laughs> but they're, they're actually fairly distinguishable from each other. So our taller turkey is actually corn and our smaller, turkey is Tom. And now that I'm standing right beside them, it's a little bit harder, but no, this corn, is corn and cob. Um, <laughs> and one of the other things is when the, the public came in, one of the questions that we received quite a bit was, uh, wow, their heads look considerably different than what I anticipated, right? It wasn't what they see when they have that cartoon drawing. And so what is going on? So the entire head region is what we would call a carnuckle. It's because of the kind of bumpy portions that are on the head. But that the flap of skin that actually hangs over the beak is called a snood. And so turkeys are unique in that they are probably one of the species that has the longest snood, if you will. And so the females will actually have it. It's really short. Um, but the rationale for why they have it is more or less that it is a secondary sex characteristic. And so it, it apparently is a very attractive to a female turkey. I was amazed when I first got, when they first got here because when they go to get a drink, that thing will shrink down to that long and then it'll roll mm -hmm. out like a trunk on an elephant. Um, yeah. So it's a snood. A snood. All right. It's kind of a fun word to say. Um, the other was kind of why is there a darker spot in the middle of their chest? Well, that's a beard. And this is something also, again, a secondary sex characteristic of males. So males will have these and you know, it's actually kind of a prized possession I hear in the turkey hunting world, right? So yep. if you go and you hunt turkeys and you um, get a turkey, sometimes you'll hang that beard as part of the trophy. And so they will have uh, and, that. And one of the things I learned about turkeys is why do they have white feathers and we <laughs> see the natural turkeys having dark. We actually bred them to be this way because people didn't want the dark pigments on the skin of the turkey. So if they have dark feathers, 
when you pluck the feathers, you get a dark pigment and it made it less appealing. So we bred the turkeys to be white so that they would have a better appeal when you cook your bird for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Same with a lot of our other poultry species. Yep. Why we like white eggs, why we like white birds, um, those types of things. The other question that we often get or that we uh, have come to us is, wow, these are definitely a lot bigger than that turkey that I see rock walking across my backyard. Why is that? Do you inject them with hormones and steroids? And the answer is uh, absolutely not. It is 100% illegal to give them steroids or hormones in order to get them to this size. Any, any poultry species. Um, and so I guess I want to give you a, a little public service announcement. If you're buying meat and you're buying it because it says it's hormone free and steroid free, you're paying for somebody to write that text. That's right. really it. So they all, well, he's puffing up. He is. Yeah, um, you know, when, when you think about the, the birds and the size, the genetics of turkeys, the, the phenomenon over the years and the decades, mm -hmm. uh, even here at Iowa State and, and beyond has just been phenomenal. It is. It's from a genetic aspect, when you can have two generations per year, you can make a lot of progress. So yeah. um, unlike some of our other species, like dairy cattle, it's closer to eight years. Beef, I'm sure, is fairly close to that. Yeah. Um, so you can make a lot of progress when you can get a couple of generations in every year. That's awesome. So let's wrap up. What are some of the things that, that uh, you enjoy about teaching about turkeys? And, and, and uh, you know, we have a few students, potential students out there that need to come and learn in your new facility and, and a world-class facility at that. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's just, it's fascinating. There's always some little nuance to every species and every animal. I've worked in, with quite a few species. And you know, there's a lot of personalities and turkeys definitely have a personality that you won't get anywhere else. Um, as you can see, they like to come up and they, these are ones that like to come up and are interested in what's going on. Um, so it's just, it's phenomenal. It's awesome. To work with them. Well, we're so glad you're here at Iowa State. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for watching today. Remember, always work with your local veterinarian. And if you wanna know more about what we do on Doc Talk, you can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Don Coltis. We're at Iowa State University with Corn and Cobb, the presidential pardon turkeys, and we'll see you down the road. Doc Talk was brought to you by Merck Animal Health, the science of healthier animals.